that'll be a foul on Jordan, and that's his third. Dockage was the guy that had possession again. Well, he, what his job is to keep Michael Jordan off the boards. Dan Dockage, 1984, the Sweet 16, IU and number one North Carolina. Dockage, a thorn in the great Michael Jordan side on the court. Off the court, now 40 years later, Dockage is showcasing his broadcasting skills and still as prickly as ever, whether it be Andrew Luck. He admitted he held back info about a shoulder that I broke the story that he hurt not playing football. No, 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 no. Snowboarding in Europe. And he had to be, he had to be taken off a mountain. Or lighting it up with his take on politics. By me saying what I just said, which is what did Trump do wrong, that will start people being crazy. Why? Well, because when they need to, our little Libby friends decide that they are going to be uh, nonviolent. Or giving his two cents worth on a woman throwing food at McDonald's. When they show up at McDonald's and they're ordering cheese bunnies and fries and they got back fat piling up, and, ladies and gentlemen, they're wearing flip-flops with their, well, pajamas, then guess what? You deserve whatever's coming to you. There's no doubt Dan Dockage calls it like he sees it. A multi-sport athlete, former college coach, a guy who bleeds IU red and loves to shake things up over the airwaves. Dan Dockage, my guest on this special Business and Beyond podcast, Episode number 100. Hello and welcome to the Business and Beyond podcast presented by PNC. A very special milestone for us this week. We have hit episode number 100. And our guest this week, well, a familiar voice on the airwaves, Dan Dockage, a purebred Hoosier who grew up in the same sphere as the Jacksons in the region, Lake County on 54th Avenue. Dockage found his groove on the basketball courts there, caught the attention of legendary IU basketball coach Bob Knight while putting up some big numbers at Andrean, a small Catholic high school in Merrillville. Dockage wound up playing for and coaching with Knight, and then went on to a broadcasting career in TV and radio. What you may not know about Dan Dockage, he's been a news junkie all of his life. He says he's shy and sort of a softy. Says he cries watching Bambi and The Wizard of Oz. And I am really pleased to be joined on the podcast this week by the one and only Dan Dockage. Dan, how are you? Oh, I'm wonderful. How are you doing? Thanks for having me on. Absolutely, absolutely. Hey, uh, we are uh, right at the uh, the right at the beginning of 2023. You had you had a pretty amazing 2022. Uh, made some headlines, especially at the end of the year, uh, with your exit from 1070, the fan. It got a lot of attention, certainly in uh, traditional media, but also on on social media, with a lot of people opining about what happened. I want to get it right from the horse's mouth. What? Tell me about the departure from, from uh, the fan, 1070, the fan here in Indianapolis, and, and really what went down. Well, we we got bought, and people were great. Everybody was great. And as you know, I'm doing Outkick Show, 
And I wanted to keep doing it and I had to make a choice. And uh, you know what? I, I chose that. I've been at the fan. Actually, it's not 1070 anymore. It's 107.5. I'd been there uh, for 14 years. Loved it. I absolutely loved it. Really enjoyed the people, you know, at Radio One. They were great. But you know what? They're, they're, they're not exactly the same, you know, and I really enjoy OutKick. I, I think having a voice, you know, if I were 30, Maybe I wouldn't have made the same choice, right? But I, I'm 60, and and I want to have a voice. I see the political climate. So, you know what? When they said, okay, well, this is your last day, all right? No, I mean, it is what it is. I, I've never really, to the, my detriment, I've never really worried about money. I've never really worried about, you know, things. I just like to enjoy where I'm at, and I enjoyed, I enjoyed David Wood, my boss. I enjoyed Jimmy, my producer. Uh, I enjoyed everything about it, but... And I'm so dumb, Gary. This is true. So I have a meeting. Okay, it's gonna be your last day. And I'm like, all right. Gary, I swear to God, I'm I gotta go to the mall and do Christmas shopping. And I'm just going. And I call my brother. I said, Hey, I just did my last show at the fan. My brother, as you know, is a lawyer. And he's like, What are you talking about? He goes, You gotta get in front of this. I go, What you? I go, Oh, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> you know, that's how stupid I am because I've always been, I've been fascinated by the fascination with my life. <laughs> like, you know, like I've had 2000 word essays on what a bad guy I am written in the Indie star. And I've had, you know, all of a sudden that, you know, it gets picked up by the USA today and writers that don't like me get personal. I, I'm just fascinated by it. And I never really think about it. So, you know, we put out a, a Twitter thing and frankly, I let people say, I got fired. I didn't get fired. I, either way, it's fine with me. It doesn't matter. But, you know, that's kind of it. Does it? You just said it, it kind of surprised you. But, you know, some of the reaction was, uh, you, you know, I, I think some would suggest a little, little over the top. And, and <laughs> how, how did you – I mean, that had to uh, – You know, I've always said this, and I know Greg Doyle and I were friends, and he doesn't like me. Okay, fine. He 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 got mad because I wouldn't let him stay at my house. You know, I had a I had a when I got divorced, he was moving in. So he gets mad. Whatever. Guy wants to get mad, get mad, get personal, get personal. You know, but I get called a bully, and I think it's interesting, Gary. I always thought a bully was somebody that goes out of their way to pick on somebody else. Like People would come at me on Twitter, and I never thought too much of it. I just go back at them. Well, all of a sudden, I'm a bully. You know, I got all these controversies. Well, here's my controversies, Gary. Indiana basketball was involved in some stuff. I knew about it from a source. I called it out. Should not have probably named names as I did, but long story short, I get suspended. Well, if I'm going to get suspended for helping a program – that is in my fiber that I was there 17 years then fine. So then a small town in Scottsburg decides and, and they're going to fire a young coach and with a young family in a surprise move at a pandemic. I'll defend that every day of the year. I got an award from the coach baseball coach association of central Indiana for defending that. And again, again, if writers don't like that, did I go overboard? Sure. And I apologized for it. And then the other one was uh, some crazy liberal professor, you know, thinks it was violence that I said, no, I won't go swimming in a pool with you. Well, that's violence. You're bringing sex into it. I, go, I don't care what I'm bringing into it. I ain't going at it in a pool with you. My sister's a 25-year prosecutor. And when Dana, 
who my my thing with the star was like, look, you, you you knew what you were doing, trying to make me look bad because some some crazy professor came at me as a racist because I said that a player that quit Duke's team should be taken off scholarship at the semester because they're no longer on the team. That made me a racist. I defended myself. So in 14 years, if if those are controversies, I'll do them all over again. <laughs> so I get a kick out of, you know, I read the star, Dockage controversies. I'm like, really? Dockage is a bully. I always thought a bully was somebody that came at you. I just responded to people coming at me, which is my personality. So I get a kick out of it. And like I said, I, I read these articles and I go, well, that's not true. That's not true. That's not. And I know Greg wants to be personal and all of it. All I've ever said about the local media, I've never gotten personal. I've just simply said, look, you guys are bad at your job. You're bad at your job. You don't cover the Colts. You're, you're biased because Chris Ballard treats you nice. Ryan Gregson didn't. And I've been MF by Stephen Holder. I've had things. And I just, all right, hey, whatever, man. So yeah. I get, I do get a kick out of it. It's, um, it's fascinating, Gary. It's fascinating to me, people's attention to my life. Yeah. Yeah, you indeed, uh, you know, spark reaction to be sure. And not just about sports. And, and as your career has kind of evolved in your multiple of uh, the platforms that you have been and are, uh, you know, associated uh, with, uh, be it ESPN, now out, OutKick, not just sports, that's the, the focus, but uh, getting into uh, current affairs and what's happening in politics and those types of things. And I know as, as you and I have talked before, that's kind of an outgrowth of, uh, of you as a kid. You grew up as a news junkie, basically, right? I did. I, I couldn't wait to get to Gary Post Tribune. I mean, I couldn't wait. And you know, I was a scared kid, so I wanted to see where the robberies were, where the murders were, how close they were. We lived on 54th Avenue. Oh, crap, there's a robbery on 47th, you know, and I would – yeah, I, I admired uh, writers. I could name them, you know, Al Hamnick, Marty Shabazz, John Mudka, Wes Lacocious, John, Dave Perry. I could name the writers of the Gary Post Tribune, the – the Hammond Times. I, I'm probably the only ten year old reading Royco, you know, in the <laughs> Chicago papers. Yeah, yeah, and, and and I've always, you know, you put that aside when you're coaching, right? You put that aside in sports, and then as a as a citizen, I'm seeing what's going on in the world, and I do think Donald Trump. I didn't vote for Donald Trump. I didn't vote for any of them. I voted for me twice. I actually, got 52 vote votes. I heard in one of the elections, <laughs> but but Gary. I look at it and I go, wow, one thing Donald Trump did was establish clear sides in the media. You're liberal, you're this, you're conservative, you're this, and your side is wrong and your side is wrong. And I've never, I've always been a listener and, and a pay attention. I call it, you know, I'm of the party of listening, common sense and paying attention. And so when I got this opportunity at OutKick, I knew that it was the right thing for me at the right time. Now, if I were... You know, back when I left coaching 14, 15 years ago and I needed to put kids through school, you know, I would have never left ESPN. But I did that for 10 years. You know, I was in radio for 14 years. I did coach for 25 years. So now's a pretty good time. You know, it's funny. A guy wrote an article uh, about me that said running quarterbacks in the NFL and radio hosts like Dan Dockage don't last. And I'm like, well, damn. I was 14 years in a market that really didn't have talk radio. If you really, I mean, Mark Patrick had a show, JMV, but you know, the fa uh, IBC went over 1070, went over 
to talk radio and they had Bob Kravitz and Eddie, which was a great show. I'm like, how long am I supposed to last? Why am I supposed to do this till I'm 80? Am I, you know, I, you know what I mean? So I'm yeah. sitting there going, damn, I'm, I know I'm young and hip, but damn, I'm 60 years old, Gary. I mean, I'd like to be involved in something a little more important than whether a guy throws a ball through a hoop. I, I, at least it, I, I do. And I'm, and it all stems from being a complete and total news junkie to the point where I got tired of the damn paper boy, not bringing the paper early enough. I decided to be the damn paper boy. And I was the best paper boy they ever had in my neighborhood. According to Mrs. Moore, Mrs. Wellman, Mrs. Doherty, Mrs. Zolodek and Mrs. Peller. So there you go. <laughs> I like it. High praise in the neighborhood. I like it. Yeah. You mentioned ESPN and outkick and outkick uh, has a, has a different model. You know, ESPN has received a lot of criticism for, being too PC, too woke. What, what did you see when you were there? What, what's your take on that, Dan? Well, it, when you worked there, I'm, I was an independent contractor, basically. So what I had was a contract that said, you're going to do 52 appearances. And, and, you know, it was a guaranteed and you're going to be paid regardless. So it was X number of dollars. It was great money. Uh, so that was that. But I, I, my first couple of years, I went to ESPN uh, on Wednesdays and did a bunch of shows and then went and did a game. I never had a problem. I liked ESPN. I liked working there. It did change, yeah. though, in the end. And I could tell very quickly. I got a call from a friend of mine who is the best director uh, at ESPN. His name is Scott Johnson. He, he said, hey, look, you and I have been taking off, taking off uh, the ACC tournament. You're going go to go to the Houston <clears throat> the AAC tournament. And they were going to put a couple of guys, one in the director's chair and one in my seat, that, you know, let's be honest, it, it helped their diversity. It's what they were trying to do. And, you know, I saw that and I said, okay, great. I get paid whether I do, you know, whatever. But I but I saw what was coming for a guy like me. And again, the timing just happened to work out perfect as OutKick came a call. The one thing I don't like, I hear people say, well, you got fired. The star came out and get fired. I have a contract and I, you know, like yeah. a lot of people in this industry, I, I timing is everything and I got a great offer. But I could see what was coming, and I could see that for me personally, a little controversial, a little too outspoken, um, that wasn't going to fit in. I could be replaced very easily, and it just so happened. Swear to God, it's funny how life works. The day <clears throat> that I had talked to my wife about saying, you know what, and, and I still have a few weeks left in the in the ESP. I go, wonder where we could work next. And she goes, you know what would be perfect? She goes, outkick. Huh. I go, really? Swear to God, two days later, my phone rings and it's Clay Travis who's running Outkick. It's just weird how the wow. world works, and it worked out. Yeah, and you're a good fit with that model to be sure. You don't mind. You don't run away from confrontation. I think you kind of like confrontation, don't you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm not. I, I, you know, I, I, my wife says, "Man, you, you like chaos." Chaos. You yeah. know, I think. I think my father, my mother always said, you know, you're, you're just like your father. My father passed away in 14 and she always said that. And, you know, people that don't know me say, well, that's, you know, the Bob Knight in you. And maybe that's true because I always felt it's without the swearing. My dad didn't swear like Bob Knight, but there were times Gary, where I'd be sitting there in my little chair, you know, as a player at Indiana. And I would like, damn, that reminded me exactly of my dad. dad. Yeah. I, you know what I mean? I couldn't believe it sometimes. 
So while people say, well, that's the Bob Knight in you, my mother will tell you that two things. One, I'm her sensitive child. I cry at Bambi. I cry at Wizard of Oz. And two, that somehow, some way, I'm like my father and I thrive in chaos. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I read where you're, uh, when your father passed away untimely, uh, death, that that truly was a life-changing moment for you in a number of ways. It kind of made you reassess uh, life. All those kinds of things. Yeah, I was always very, I don't know if image conscious is the right word, but things would bother me. You know, whether it was when I was coaching, uh, losses about killed me, but it was, you know, everything had to be perfect. Every, you know, I don't know if it was ADD or whatever you would call it, and things would really bother me. And then I'd never seen a dead body before, and I was leaving the station at 3 o'clock to go have lunch with my mom and dad. They were traveling back from a vacation. We were going to go out, we were up at the fashion mall and I get this frantic call from my mother about my father. And I could tell this was real. So I get there, my father, I'd never seen a dead body, but I knew my dad was dead. Like, I mean, that's a dead body. And the EMTs were great. They're like, Dan, we're trying, man, we are trying. And the, you know, all that, but I'm like, Hey, look, uh, and you know, you go through all this stuff with your mom and it was horrible. But then after you come out of it and you're like, you know what? I'm gonna just going to be – I'm not worried about these things anymore. Somebody wants to write something bad, God bless you. Somebody wants to do something not perfect, God bless you. I'm going to try to enjoy the people around me. You know, I was going through a divorce at the time. That was really hard. I, I was a little bit crazy. I was trying to, you know, get this woman who's now my wife, Lee, away from her boyfriend and Sarah. You know, I'm, I'm, you know But I'm like, you know what? To hell with this, Gary. I'm just going to make this I, – I, I'm not going to – there was an article about Coach Knight way back by by uh, Frank DeFord, and it talked about how instead of shooting the elephants, he goes after the rabbits. Oh. You know, the little th- – and that was me. That was me my whole life. And I just decided I'm not worried about that. I'm going to do the best I can, be the best person I can be, probably make mistakes along the way. Yeah. But it really came from my father. I changed my viewpoint. I'm worrying about the little stuff. Yeah. Yeah, that's a great story. You, and, and, and it probably does you well in your current role because – you're very high profile. Uh, you're out on social media. You get uh, you get folks coming at you, uh, some crazy people <laughs> from time to time. How do you deal with that? How crazy does that stuff get for you uh, with some of the, especially, you know, when you're outkick, the national show uh, that, that you have, you get a lot of folks out there that, uh, you know, firing some darts. You know, I, I don't mind those things. I mind things like I had a Michigan State fan show up at my daughter's work asking where we live. She didn't, he, you know, I don't know if he knew it was my daughter or not. I've had guys talk about, I should be killed. They should burn me from North Carolina state fans said, you know, I had a, I had a uh, three Louisville fans after a game, follow me, uh, my wife, myself and my two producers. And they're just ripping me. And finally I had enough. Like yeah. I turned around and we were going to have to fight. And yeah. luckily for me, I guess they scurried away uh, I had 12,000 people at Michigan State chanting, we hate Dockage. You know, I mean, I, 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 as I always say, the good things that happen in my life, I believe, happen because of God. The bad things happen because of me. <laughs> and so <laughs> I'm not I'm yeah. not exactly innocent in all of this, but it has amazed me how people take it incredibly far. And, you know, it, 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 the only thing that really it, it made me think the one time, the one time, Gary, when somebody showed up at my daughter's, she's working an ice cream store in downtown Zionsville, you know, 15, 16 years old. And yeah, 
someone showed up. It was right after the Michigan State deal. I, I didn't like that. So I think part of my social media presence is because I'm bored. You know, I work you, – when I was coaching, man, I was one of those seven in the morning until – whatever time we got done, all of a sudden I'm working three hours a day. Now I'm working five hours a day and I, it's like I'm digging ditches or something. You know what I mean? It's just, it's just different, but I think a lot of it is due to my boredom. I do. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Hey, Dan, what's your take? I, I think I know what it is because I, I've, I've heard it, but as you opine on, on you're in sports media, you're, you're, you're part of it. You've been a part of it. You've been critical of it to be sure uh, locally and, and nationally. Give me your take and, and what you're, what your assessment is of the current state of sports media? Well, my, my assessment started a long time ago. I'd be sitting there with Coach Knight, and, and I'd read something, and I would have been there, and it it didn't happen that didn't way. didn't happen. And I'm like, no. wait a second. you know. And then as I, I walked through, and, and I think I was involved in maybe seven stories, six stories nationally, going back to when Coach Knight left or when I left Indiana or when I left Bowling Green to go to West Virginia and came back, all the different things. And, and I'm reading them. And I'm like, man, these just aren't accurate. And I like that. And I and I think sports media in our town, frankly, is awful, particularly the print media. I, I think, and, they, and, and you know, I have been, uh, I think they have an agenda. I thought their agenda against Ryan Grigson was awful. They had numerous facts and they did not want to present them because they were pandering and saying that Grigson was this awful guy. And then Ballard came in and he kissed all their backsides and, uh, I was kind of a lone wolf saying, look, this is built on a house of sand here with the Colts. And, you know, they've come at me. Obviously, Greg uh, wrote a column where he he got me in his mind pretty good. I look at those things and I kind of go, all right, that's, you know, I laugh at those things. And I what I do is I pick out the lies. Like I go, okay, well, no, we didn't tell each other. No, this isn't true. No, ESPN didn't fire me. No, we weren't the best buddies. Nope, I didn't let you stay at my house because I was going through a divorce and had a 17-year-old daughter. No, you know, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. That's what I kind of like to do with them, Gary. And and that sounds stupid, right? But I I just think sports media has, in my, in my world, been very dishonest. And if I'm going to be in the sports media, it's my turn to say, no, that's a lie. That's not true. That's And, and boy, do they get mad about that. So, I'm telling you, I, my brother... I told my brother this a long time ago. I go, you know, sports media and politicians were these guys, and I really believe this. I really believed it about politicians, were these kind of dorky guys that nobody paid attention to, but they were smart. Next thing you know, they become politicians, <laughs> and everyone's kissing their backside. And next thing you know, they don't know how to handle that. They think they're a big shot. So they end up doing a million different stupid things, right? They, you know, you see all the lists. I said, guys, in sports, when I was a senior in high school, I'm like, just took our team to the state championship or state finals, never done before, scored 30 some. The next year I get mono, right? I miss four or five games. Come back, I'm averaging like 25. There's an article in the paper before the state tournament about we've asked high school coaches, what five players in the area would you like to have on your team if you were starting to bet? And I wasn't included in like half of them. And I'm like, wait a second. So I, you know, so I'm used to, as a sports guy, even though you think you're, you're used to the criticism <laughs> at, at 17 years old, you know what I mean? Yeah. So then I dropped 35 in this regional championship game and gave the bird to three of the coaches that were sitting <laughs> on the sideline. You, you know what I mean? But but 
guys that get recognition later in life think that that recognition actually means something. Guys that get recognition early in life and get criticized along the way know that neither of it, the criticism or the recognition, really means anything. The perfect example, Damon Bailey. Damon Bailey got all this recognition. By the time Damon Bailey came to Bloomington, I have so much respect. I consider him a good friend. Damon Bailey couldn't care if you called him the Antichrist or if you called him Larry Bird Jr. He had heard everything by the time he was 18 years old. Yeah, it yeah. All walked, it washed right off his back. I always use him as an example. And then you got politicians and writers that, okay, now I'm writing for the USA Today or the Indy Star and I'm something. No. You can be criticized just like anybody else, and they yeah. don't handle it very well. Yeah, you mentioned IU, and and you've certainly been critical of the the basketball pro- program administration down there, and and some ups and downs, obviously, since Coach Knight has departed. Do you think they've got the right guy now in in, in Mike Woodson? I do, I, I do. I think Mike Woodson has the perfect temperament for being the coach at Indiana. Nothing again. I go back to this. Mike Woodson has been in front of the New York media. You think the guys from the star or channel 13, you're going to do, you know what I mean? You know what I mean? Mike Woodson has, has coached against the Pacers in the Eastern conference. He's not going to worry about going to West Lafayette. I think his personality, he has a very coolness about him, a very fatherly coolness, modern hip coolness, uh, I think he's the perfect guy. I do. And I hope he stays there a long, long time. I, I think that kids want to play for him. Kids want to stay there. I, I was very critical about Indiana because, frankly, I was in this meeting. Last meeting I was ever at, Gary, in 1997, Clarence Doniger, who I really like and I really respect, they had a meeting. And I represented Coach Knight in this meeting. He was out of town. And they said, look, we're going to – and I'm not exactly sure the verbiage, but it was de-emphasized basketball, meaning we're going to stop putting basketball at the forefront. Alumni magazines are going to feature other sports. We're going to promote these other sports. And I'm thinking to myself, hey, look, that's great. But all I know is this. If you want to promote football, there's 60,000 seats. Do that. If you want to promote basketball, we're making you a lot of money. Don't go away. You know, dance with who brung you. Right. And. I think Indiana did. I think because of Bob Knight and the history and all of the um, the bad publicity, Gary, I think that they decided, hey, look, we're going to go in the opposite direction. They overcorrected. And I, I I think that was maybe fine for a little bit. I like that Mike Davis was named the coach, but I think they got too far away from it. And, you know, they lost the essence of their program. And I think Woody has it back. Yeah, it, it seems like Mike Woodson is – not seems like. I think he is. I think he's embracing – the history, the heritage, the tradition of IU, whereas the last few coaches, and you correct me if I'm wrong, but they did did seem to shy away from that. Well, it's like I tell people about Indiana. It's part of who I am. Like, I don't have to manufacture it. You know what I mean? Like, I don't have to read about it. I don't have to say, okay, now, who's that guy at practice? And it's the same thing with Woody. You know, Woody was doing his thing in the NBA, but – you know, he was in Bloomington a lot. He he doesn't have to be told, hey, who's Ted Kitchell? Or, okay, that's Christian Watford. Now, what did he do? He hit the watch. Okay. You don't have to do any of that because it's 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 weird. It's like um people always ask me, how do you know, like in 1973 or four, four Indiana lost to CJ Kupek, 
you know, at Illinois for the Big Ten. I go, it's just part of who I am. Uh, it's it's it's, yeah. and that's what Woody's got. And and I've always said it's a unique. I'm not saying that our culture with Bob Knight would fly now. It certainly wouldn't. I mean, honest to God, it was. You know, looking back, you're like, wow, that was nuts. Well, that was crazy. Holy cow. Listen to this. The man was naked, no clothes on, with a towel, shimming between his legs <laughs> with Damon Bailey, Pat Graham, and Alan Henderson in the locker room, coach's locker room, and he cut him after we lost the game. You're off the team, you're off the team, and you're off. And the man was naked, Gary. <laughs> And he was in a towel and Bailey starts laughing, you know? Yeah. And I walk on, I go, Damon, you can't laugh. He goes, coach, the man was naked. Come on. He's cutting us and he's naked. So can you imagine now? Right. I mean, it, that's just one of a thousand things that wouldn't fly, but you know what? It was our culture. It was built on being tough. It was built on execution. It was built on kids that were going to do the right thing, whether they were great play, they were going to go to class, they were going to treat women right, they were going to do all those kind of things. And I just think Indiana overcorrected, and I'm glad to see them bring it back. Much more with Dan Dockich. When we return, I think we'll get into some more Bob Knight stories, uh, maybe <laughs> uh, a uh, uh, the recruitment of Dan Dockich as well on the Business and Beyond podcast. Stay with us. At PNC Bank, we're committed to making a difference in the lives of our customers and communities by helping them move forward financially. As a Main Street Bank, we try to do right by our customers with every encounter. Our local teams offer personalized financial advice to help guide you in making the best decision. We're proud to be part of your community. PNC Bank. See how we can make a difference for you at PNC.com. Copyright 2022, the PNC Financial Services Group Bank, all rights reserved. I want to bring this up because I saw a tweet you had that 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 uh, jogged my memory, and I had to laugh because it was about the Bob Knight My Way golf show. And I have the extended version. I got that years ago, so I've seen it. I think probably some of the people listening to this podcast have have watched it as well. One of the funniest outtakes, uh, you know, clips you'll ever see. But you you tweeted that the day that he found out that that was leaked and here let's let's hear a little clip of this uh, uh of the bob knight golf my way well, welcome back to golf your way and what we're going to do today is work on the iron play and we're going to start with the short irons and work right down through the the long irons and uh, i hope i've got a, another shot somewhere along the way that's like the eight or nine that i already hit but we'll see and we'll be back in a moment for that i mean that's a great introduction Peter Jesus no shit, me so Dan that's just a, that's just a small clip there of that of that video but when he found out it was leaked you said it was one of the most unique days at IU in history. Uh, Gary, I'll never forget we're in the office or he and I had gone to lunch and we're coming back and he goes upstairs 
Now you're going to have to tell me, I don't know what did leak mean back then? I don't know. Right. I mean, I got no idea, but you remember Bernie Sowers? Yep. Absolutely. Remember, yeah. You remember Phil Polygraph? Yep. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. So those two guys, Channel two of the four, greatest yeah. guys ever, right? They're in the office and they got to tell coach Knight that this has happened. They mentioned it to him. Knight, I can tell turns red tells Phil and Bernie to go downstairs to our coach's office, same place where he fired Damon Bailey, our coach's locker room. <laughs> Honest to God. So I go down there with him, and I'm sitting there, and there's Phil, who I really like. There's Bernie, who I really like. And there's some guy, I don't know who the third guy was. And night, I'm telling you, I've never heard a grown man cuss at, yell at, scream at, destroy two other grown men I mean to tell you, he wanted he he was trying to get the name of the guy that leaked it, and he was going to drive to that guy's house. He, Give me that address. Give me. I mean, it was, and I'm sitting there and I'm looking at Phil and I'm looking at Bernie, and I couldn't tell whether they were going to cry or whether they were going to laugh. You know what I'm saying? It was it was unbelievable because they. They showed the tape. Now, I don't know if they, you know, it's a long time. I can't remember if they showed the extended version where he's going to the bathroom and all that. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. But, but you saw enough that you knew what the heck it was. I'm, as red as this shirt is, yeah. I'm telling you, man, Bernie is always a little bit red. He was tanned up. <laughs> he was freaking, I thought he was going to implode. Knight is standing. He's in everybody's face. Honest to God. Uh, and then when it came out, uh, I think it's the one thing that Coach Knight was truly embarrassed about. Really? You know, like, yeah. Uh -huh. I, I think so. I, I think that it's like anything else. When you see it on video, it's a lot different than somebody saying it or writing it. Right. I, I, I think he was. And um, Sam Carmichael one time told me later, he goes, he goes, I, I got to tell you, that's one of the funniest things I've ever seen. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know, but he could never say that in front of Coach Knight, right? Or yeah. else it'd be another yeah. explosion. Knight going ballistic on the golf course. Just the tip of the iceberg. One of many entertaining stories Dan Dockage shared with us about his Bob Knight experience. So many that we're adding a Business and Beyond bonus podcast. Dan Dockage, the second half. How he fell in love with basketball growing up in Gary his time on the court with teammates and night at IU, and insight into the celebrated Sweet 16 game where he shut down Michael Jordan. Dockage Part 2, coming your way beginning Monday, January 23rd.